0: there's nothing like feeling comfortable enough to ask another woman who's been in the same situation, how do I do this, you know, and saying, I got you, okay, give me a second and I'll get back to you. And you get back to that person. They're like, oh my God, this worked out. Thank you so much. You know, and you just, it just gives you that one fuzzy feeling, you know, because you don't want any woman to get out of the military and feel like she's just dropped down that rabbit hole. That's an awful feeling. It sucks. I don't want any woman to have to go through that. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast,
1: where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. I'm so thrilled to be able to introduce you to today's guest, the first guest of season two. She's a total rock star and has had to reinvent herself a few times over. Her name is Kat Corchado. Kat joined the Air Force as a young single mother and much to her surprise, ended up serving a full 20 years. She retired when she was 42 years old Found herself adrift and unprepared for the transition to civilian life. She ended up becoming a personal trainer and a Pilates instructor in her 40s. She's 64 now and still teaching Pilates, but that's just part of her story. Over the years, Kat found that she was missing her connection to other military women. So she began working with the Women's Veteran Network, which is a nationwide network of peer support groups specifically for women veterans. A little over a year ago, Kat saw a need to be able to reach more women veterans with information and inspiration. so. At the age of 63, she decided to launch a podcast called Sisters in Service, where she helps other women veterans make the transition from military to civilian life. I wanted to start this season off with Kat's story because the work she's doing is so important. You know, I usually avoid talking about current events in the podcast because I I want the topics we talk about to be something you can go back to at any time. But like so many people, I was terribly saddened at the loss of our 13 service members at the airport bombing in Kabul. I heard the news while I had the privilege to be on vacation visiting my parents in Arizona, and it struck me how lucky I am that there are men and women serving in the military so that I can lead my normal civilian life. I had already interviewed Kat, so I immediately knew that I wanted to open the season with her story. I didn't think about it then, but this episode also happens to come out on the week of the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attack on the World Trade Center in 2001. I remember that day vividly, as I'm sure you do. I was living in New York City and working close to Grand Central Station that day, wondering if there might be another attack. It was pretty scary. That day launched us on the path to 20 years of war in Afghanistan. And I'm dedicating this episode to all the men and women that have served to help keep us safe from another terrorist attack. During our conversation, I learned from Kat that less than 1% of our U.S. population serves in the military. I knew it was low, but I didn't know it was that low. And that means that the majority of us really don't understand the ins and outs of the many challenges facing veterans as they transition to civilian life. I don't know about you, but I don't know many veterans, and so I have a very limited understanding of their lives. That's why I think the impact of her podcast has huge potential. I hope that many of you will give it a listen. But for now, let's jump right in so you can hear Kat's story. So without further ado... Here's Cat Corchado. <laughs> All right, so burp, we'll start again. Rewind. Thank you. <laughs> All
2: right. Oh my, oh my goodness. goodness.
0: <laughs> we'll just start laughing. Hey, <laughs> right? They're like, "What kind of podcast is this?" I mean, they just the music starts. We're like giggling and laughing. <laughs> I'm keeping this. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. This this has been a great start so far.
2: <laughs> Take two, right? Oh, too funny. I, I love to include I actually love to include bloopers sometimes uh so that people know that,
0: you know, we all <laughs> make mistakes. We make mistakes. That's absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, we're not perfect. We we do. We mess up all the time, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. We just oh, edit we can, it out.
2: <laughs> exactly. Whew, get all that out of the way. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Kat, I'm so happy you're here with me today. And um, as I said, in take
1: one. I'm so happy that you're here and that I'd like to say where I met people and you and I met through A a room for podcasters called Real, that's hosted by the club Real Talk Podcasting. And all those guys are just uh, uh, incredible that run that room. It's so, I love going into
2: that room. It's just like, you never know if they're actually going to be talking about podcasting or they're going to be talking
0: about mustaches. Oh, it'll go off on a tangent. People come into the room. They're like, what, what did I just drop into? You know, but they're, they're awesome people. I've been in that room since January. And I told them, you know, today I said, it feels like you guys are my extended family, you know, yeah, that I've right. never met <laughs> in person. Right. <laughs> but oh, it's awesome. It's
1: isn't awesome. it weird? Like you started your podcast this year also, is that right? Or when did you start your podcast? I started mine in October last year. Okay, right. You were a little bit pre-COVID, um, mm-hmm. so because I think a lot of us in that in that room um, had started during COVID, like me. And um, di- have you found since you started your podcast, or especially since COVID, maybe
0: that you've made more virtual friends than real friends? <laughs> I have. You know, it's it's like I'm in Clubhouse. I mean, I found more. I was gonna say clients, they're not clients, but um, people from my podcast from Clubhouse, because you get to hear them speak, Yeah, you know, and the worst thing you want, you don't want someone on your podcast, and they can't talk, right. you know, they give you those one word answers, how are you doing? Fine. How's your week? <laughs> okay. And you're like, Oh, this is gonna be a long interview. <laughs> but you yeah. know, even with with zoom, I found that, you know, because oh, I'm doing I have zoom fatigue, I love meeting and talking to people, whether it's in person on zoom in clubhouse it doesn't matter to me yeah yeah i love the one
1: on one part of it and i'm i'm actually really surprised it's so funny I, I just have to, my audience is probably laughing right now. They're like, she's talking about Clubhouse again.
0: <laughs> oh, no, I need to, oh, guess what I, I say? I'm a, when I have my guests, I'm like, oh, and by the way, I met them on Clubhouse and I'm not getting paid by Clubhouse, by the way. <laughs> right, I'm,
2: I'm, they're not a sponsor. There's no kickback. Just, right. <laughs> I'm really surprised that I enjoy Clubhouse because I'm really more of a
1: one-on-one conversation kind of person and that's like, a room full of, it's like the equivalent of being at a cocktail party in a way, except that there's like structure to the conversation somehow. And that, I don't know. I love it. And I, like you said, it's you instantly know when you hear somebody's voice, if you're connecting with them, or at least after right. a bit, if you've been in rooms together a while, and then all of a sudden they might say something that blows your mind. And
0: you're like, Oh, I didn't
1: know that about you. You oh, know? Yes. Right? Yes.
0: Yeah. But I think I was trying to explain clubhouse to someone who had just started clubhouse or haven't been on or something. And I said, it's kind of like, when you go to a conference, you have all these rooms And there's a particular speaker or subject and you go in, you sit down and you listen to that person or several people talk. It's kind of like that, only it's not in person. It's, you know, on Clubhouse, you get to hear the people speak and they drop all these nuggets of information, depending on what your interest is. And I have found it. Um, invaluable actually. Yeah, I've learned yeah. so much. And I love that there, the, the, the thing I love about it over zoom
2: is that there is no camera and I can be in my jammies and I can be <laughs> walking around my
0: dirty house.
2: It doesn't like, matter. Let me
0: clean up. I'm going to be on zoom. Let me clean up. But I think the other thing too, is that sometimes when people know you, and, you know, sometimes you go into a room, and you just want to listen and they're like, oh, come up on stage and say hi. And I'm like, no, I just want to listen. I just want to listen
2: today. Yes, I'm driving. I'm not getting, you know, oh my goodness, too funny. Oh, wow. We really went on a tangent. Um, oh, we did. We did. We did. Oh my goodness. So but what I loved about,
1: I love what you're doing with your podcast, first of all. I want, I want you to speak to your mission with what you're doing with that. I was just listening to one of your
0: episodes this morning and I was like, yeah, this is this is special. Well, thank you. It it came about it was an idea. And please don't ask me why podcast, because my husband has been listening to podcast before I even knew what a podcast was and all of a sudden this idea came, but I was so busy. I was like, you know, I don't have time. When am I going to do this? And then Mm -hmm. bam, COVID hit. And I thought, and someone either, I read something or someone said, what will you have accomplished during COVID? What can you say you accomplished? And I thought now's the time to do this. So I started doing this and it was almost like I was on this mission. I knew exactly what I wanted the podcast to be about, how I wanted it to flow you know all of this stuff and I'm, that's not me so i'm like how do i do this and how do i do this but it's called sisters in service and the reason that i was focusing at the time on women was because you know we kind of get left behind in the dust you know we get out of the military we kind of get left behind and what i mean by that is that when men get out of the military regardless of whether they have a family or not they're still able to network they're able to go talk to other men and do all this networking Women, whether they get out, they've been wearing the uniform, but then when they take the uniform off they're you know, as my mother calls it, chief cook and bottle washer, you know, you're doing all the things, you're being the mom, you're doing the cooking, you know, you're doing the washing, you're making all the schedules. And then you get out of the military and you're still doing that. So who has time to network? And then when you do have time to network, you go to a veteran networking event and 95% of the people there are men and you feel isolated.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: so I thought, you know, this might be a way to bring women together, where we can talk about things that are affecting them in the service and out of service, and have fun doing it. You know, if I didn't have fun podcasting, I wouldn't be doing it. So I'm totally myself. You know, we're laughing, giggling, having a fun time like we're doing today. <laughs> but it, it's for it's for all women, you know, and I and I started maybe I shouldn't say this, but I started calling myself the voice connecting women veterans because that's that's what I feel. I'm. Oh, doing, that's great. Oh, is the, that we're the, oh, connecting. women. should veterans. say that.
2: That's good. <laughs> that's good. The voice. I love it. The voice connecting women veterans. And
1: we should back up a little bit to let people know your your credentials like
0: you served for how long? I, I served for 20 years, but 20 I was years. also born into the military. So my dad was already air, in the Air Force when I was born. Mm-hmm. And when I decided to come into the military, I almost went in the Navy, almost, mm. because their uniforms are awesome. Their uniforms are <laughs> gorgeous. And, and my recruiter said, no, stay in your lane. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'll go in the Air Force. So um, I did 20 years. And got out and I thought that I was ready, you know, I'm, I'm ready to be a civilian and I fell down this rabbit hole and I wasn't sure why, because when I got out, it was 21 years ago and there wasn't, you know, Facebook groups and there wasn't clubhouse and there weren't all these organizations that want to help veterans. Mm-hmm. And so I, and so you feel isolated, even though my, my husband's a veteran, I felt like he didn't understand what I was going through. And so I pretty much kept it to myself. I did find my, get my feet on the ground, you know, but I still felt isolated. Like, where are my sister veterans? Where are they? Because we don't stand up and say, Hey, over here, we don't talk about it. Unless you happen to say something that, and I'll look at you and go, are you military? And then you say, Oh yeah, I was in the army. I was in there. And I was like, and then we start chatting. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in 2017, I found this network of women called Woven, the Women Veterans Network. And I didn't know what it was. And I thought this is exactly what I was looking for. So it was a panel of women. There were about 20 of us and it was supposed to last an hour. It ended up, you know, lasting two uh, two hours because we're laughing and giggling and talking. And I thought, this is what I'm missing. Mm -hmm. And so I started off as a peer leader in Woven and I'm now a natural consultant, but it was during that time that I thought wow, I really, I thought woven should have a podcast. And I thought, well, if I'm going to do the work, I'm going to do my own podcast. Mm
2: -hmm. And so
0: that's, that's how that all started. So yeah, yeah, that's my story. So you've been (laughs) out, not only did you serve in the military
1: for 20 years, but did I hear you right in saying you've been out for 20 years? I've been out for 21 years, actually. 21 years. Oh my goodness. How old were you when you went into the military?
0: I was 15. No, I'm, de- <laughs> I'm <just 'Cause> <laughs> You look like you're in your 30s, lady. So- oh, bless you. Thank <laughs> you so much. I actually went in late. Okay. I'm always a late bloomer. So uh-huh. everyone else, they get out of high school, they go right in at 18. I went in at 22, mm-hmm. you know, and I was a single parent at the time. And it was just one of those, let me just try the military. I needed something badly at that point in my life. And the military was there. And so, um, I'm not very good at math and I thought, you know, I'll wait until my my son goes to college and then when he went to college I realized I only had 5 years left until my retirement, you know, and I thought, okay, I might as well stay. Actually, no, that's not what I thought. I called my father who had retired already and they had a 15-year retirement. And I said, "Dad, guess what?" I said, "They have a 15-year re." That's as far as I got. I couldn't even get retirement out and he goes, "Nope." I said, retirement, he goes, Nope, you <laughs> could stay in and get your full pension. Now that's not what I wanted to hear, but he'd already done it. So I thought, okay, I'll do it. And I did. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at that point, right. W- were you,
1: were you just dying to be done at that point though? That's tough, right?
0: Well, when you've done something for 20 years, you're just ready to go. You know, you're, you're like, okay, done with this. Let's, let's keep it moving. And I thought being a civilian would just be, you know, it was like, it's like on that other side of the fence, you're like, I want to be over there, you know? And it was so different than what I, what I had thought it was going to be. It was so So, different. So you were
1: 42 when you left. And so then what did you do? I know that the first time we spoke, you said that you felt a little adrift
0: when you got out. I did, you know, when you've done anything. So if you talk to anyone, they say, Oh, I've been doing this for 20 years. You think they're an expert on what it is they've been doing. Okay. Mm -hmm. At least somewhat of an expert. So I was in communications. I was a project manager in the military. So I started applying for project management jobs. Mm -hmm. I think LinkedIn was around that time. I'm not sure there's been some controversy. Um, And so, you know, you apply for all these, these jobs and they will come back and say, you know, it's great, but you don't have a degree. And I said, but Mm. I've been doing this for 20 years. What are you talking about? Mm. And it was very defeating. Now, at the same time that I was in the military, I was also doing fitness as a part time job, you know, just something off the cuff. And so I pivoted. That was my first pivot. Well, no, probably my second. My first pivot was going in the military. And I thought, well, let me, you know, I talked to my husband. I said, I really want to try my hand at fitness, see if I can do this. And he's always been super supportive. He goes, okay. And it worked. And it was what I wanted, and it felt good at the time, and so that's where I I decided to just do fitness, and it's been it's been a fun ride.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Pilates is your specialty,
0: right? Was it always, or? Oh no 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 no! I started back. Okay, this this how long? This is how old I am, you guys. Um, I started off when there was just high impact and low impact classes. You remember those with the leotards? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Are you oh, old yeah. enough to remember those? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I can tell you, I think I went to,
1: um, you know, what was it? Jane Fonda. was yes. <laughs> right? So yes. back in the 80s, I think uh, I, I tried going to an aerobics class with my mom. And, you know, I was somewhere between 18 and 20 years old, I'm going to guess. I was in pretty good shape, you know, and I thought I was going to throw up at the end of that class. I would say it was high impact. (laughs) I really,
2: my face was beet red. I was dripping. I was, I was literally nauseous. I was like, this is not for me.
0: (laughs) Well, I was always the person that, you know, that annoying person that would be right in front (laughs) Right behind the instructor doing everything just like that was me. I was that annoying person. I was the one in back that looked like like Lucille Ball.
2: (laughs) Seriously, that's me. You you know, and funny enough, I started off in the theater um, and, uh, you know, so I took some dance classes. Um, I can sing, but I'm not a singer. I am mm-hmm. certainly not a dancer and there, you know, there were occasional shows that would come up and you'd have to learn a dance routine. I, I, I am just like, you know, <laughs> just. I tried taking tap once. That's when I really felt like Lucille Ball. I'm so yeah. You're like, wait, like a, wait, where are oh we going? Horse? What are we doing? What am I, I doing know, here? I know it's but,
0: hard. You but were I the think- one that I would watch in the front. And <laughs> damn her. <laughs> what was even harder is so that our instructor was actually, um, she was in the military. She was stationed at the base and she was getting me to leave. And she turned, she said, would you mind taking over this class? And I said, sure. Now keep in mind, this was before microphones. Oh, and luckily mm-hmm. when I was in high school, I was a cheerleader and our um, cheer instructor was also a singer and she would teach us how to cheer from our diaphragm. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever exercised and tried to teach a class at the same time, I was sucking wind like you would not believe. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, Keep going.
2: <laughs> love it. By the way, the, she's waving her hand right now like you know you wave somebody on. Go I'm on have her hands on
0: my knees. Go without me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, you know, and and as times changed and you know, it was it was step aerobics and then shortly after step aerobics I got into personal training. And then I was in Boston and I, we had like 50 trainers, and I really wanted to stand out as a personal trainer, and no one was doing personal training and Pilates, and so Pilates came to our um, our club, and needless to say, I didn't understand what Pilates was because I'm you know I'm a trainer, strong, I can knock this out the block, and I went in there, and my instructor kicked my butt, and I thought, uh-uh, no, mm. no, 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 you know, mm. and I started taking Pilates and i really really liked it but at the time you had to go to new york to be an instructor uh-huh. and to learn you had to stay there no who you know i mean if you have a family you've got bills to pay no right. one has that kind of time right and they brought the program to boston and i said okay i'm going to i'm going to do this and that's how i got into uh, pilates
2: Wow! Very
1: cool. Very cool. It's it's you know you just gotta follow where the path goes right and see where see where you're interested in moving from one thing to another. So cool. Um. So you had so that you started Pilates. Um. So did you start? You were teaching in the military. You were doing some fitness in the military. Right. Did you? And were you actually teaching? on the side because it was, was it was yes. like a little side gig kind of thing? yes it was you know uh-huh. so
0: being a single parent you know when they say part-time job par- a part-time job is about what 20 hours a week or something like that I didn't have that kind of time mm-hmm. you know but teaching a class I could get off work change go to the club do one or two classes you know, and come home in time for my son to come home mm-hmm. and I could, you know, cook dinner, or whatever. And I didn't have to be away from him. That's what mm-hmm. I didn't want. Mm-hmm. And so it just worked out. It was yeah. just, it was easy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's always a way. There's always a way to figure stuff out. I mean, it's, it's like, okay, that's not going to
0: work.
2: Right. <laughs> let's try right. this other yeah. thing. Nope.
0: That's not working. Let's do something else. Right. But it it right. happened to work and you know, you get paid, you know, you do one or two hours of your time and you come home and it was, yeah. it was easy. Yeah, man. Oh man.
1: So I'm, I'm sitting here, like you said, a minute ago, you said you aren't good at math. I'm not so good at math either, but I'm doing the math in my head and I'm thinking, are you 62 or
2: 63?
1: Is I just turned 64. You look amazing.
0: And, and here Thank and you. you're still,
1: are you still teaching Pilates? Is that still a thing for you?
0: Yes. I'm still teaching Pilates. I still work out, you know, yeah. I've, um, just really embraced the whole fitness thing because, you know, I've seen what not being fit can do f- to your body. And, you know, I want to be, I want to be one of those feisty 90 year old women. You know, they say, can I help you cross the street? And I'm like, you know, hit them over the head with the cane. And I I got this, leave me alone, you know, (laughs)
2: back off. What do you think? I I totally want to high five you through (laughs) through the camera right now. Yes. I want to be that feisty 90 year old too.
0: Yeah. But what I realized is that Pilates, so when I first started Pilates, you know, and you think, oh, this is new, you know, you think about the money you can make, but then I was in New York and I was watching this woman do this workout on the reformer. For those of you that know a little bit about Pilates And her instructor was basically just walking around the reformer every now and then she'd say something. And I realized at that point that she was in her sixties and I thought, holy crap, I can do this for years. You know, when I no longer want to do the hard hitting, you know, weight training and all that other stuff, I can still do Pilates Mm
2: -hmm. and it'll
0: help keep me healthy, keep my mind healthy, keep my body healthy. And I feel like I've worked out. So that's, that was my aha moment there. Um when I was watching her work out and she, not only was she doing it, she was doing it perfectly. Mm. And I was highly impressed. And I thought, okay, I get it now. Yeah. 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 So it was you, pretty cool.
1: You keep it moving and, and right. You keep the
2: these, these you keep body it, you parts keep moving, moving and, and, they, and they keep moving and
0: you don't, and they don't. And you just try to keep it healthy. You know, I'm just trying to be my motto has always been, I want to be better at 64 than I was at 63. Mm, I like that. Yeah. And so I'm always striving to be just a little bit better. You know, um, of course, you know, as you get older, your, your body reminds you sometimes gently, sometimes not so gently (laughs) (laughs) like, hello, you can't do this anymore. Remember this, this doesn't feel good, but for the most part of me, I'm pretty much can do, you know, what, I've been able to do everything I want to do without any pain or discomfort so yeah. I, I feel blessed about that
1: yeah and um so you I know that the last time we talked um you mentioned that you had you got to a point where you were feeling stuck and that meditation also was a key for you to get through that when would you tell mm-hmm. tell me a little bit more about the surrounding
0: information around that what where, where were you well you know when you get into a rut. And every day seems like that movie Groundhog Day. You know, Mm -hmm. you get up, you go to work, you come home, you eat dinner, you go to sleep, and you rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. And I felt stuck. I just felt like I wasn't moving forward. And I started not sleeping well. And I started just meditating. And so I was always told that, you know, when you meditate, you know, you want all the thoughts out of your head. Well, it's your brain. Okay. Your brain can't stop thinking. If your brain stops thinking, that means that you're pretty much not alive. Okay. (laughs) Right. And, and so someone said, you know, it's almost like when you see an advertisement on a truck, you know, you see an advert on a truck and, you know, it just passes by you, you know, and you forget about it. And so when you meditate You get a thought and it passes by and you're like, thank you for showing me that. And I keep meditating, but it really helped center me. You know, I found that I work, I was working better, I wasn't as stressed out. And it just felt good to do that. And I started doing it longer and longer. Now you don't have to do it for an hour. I would do it. I think I did one that was a I think it was a 10-minute meditation, and it worked wonders. It was it's amazing what even five or
1: 10 minutes will do amazing. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And it slows down your breathing and you just feel this sense of calm that you're ready for your day and you can go into it with this sense of, okay, I got this Yeah. rather than waking up and the alarm clocks off and it's rush, 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 and you're going around and then you come home and you're exhausted all the time. And it's a horrible feeling, horrible feeling. Yeah. 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 Did you um
1: yeah? I mean, meditation was a huge um a huge thing for me once I took it on as a commitment to do it every day. Yes. I, you know, I think I probably started dabbling with it uh probably about the time I was 30. And I always thought, oh, okay, I'm gonna meditate now. And and like you said, it's that whole thought of you hear. What you think is the way to meditate. and it's it's like, mm-hmm. you know, empty your mind. Well, you can't empty you your can't. mind <laughs> and and two, just sitting. Was a, you know, how do you sit for so long? You know, I would think I'd have to do I'd have I at the time I was like, Well, you have to do 20 minutes, you have to do 30 minutes, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I never did it regularly and it would come and go. And I always knew that it felt great when I
0: did it. When you did it, yes.
1: Right. But it was the same as exercise for my whole like my 40s was like every time I'd exercise. You know, I'd get a start on it and then I would injure myself somehow. I had bad back and st- mm-hmm. somehow throw my back out, whatever. Um, and then I instead of finding ways around the injuries, I would go completely off the rails and lose my way for weeks at a time and then try to come back at it again, you know? Yeah, um, and now I find that, yeah, maybe I still might get an injury exercising, but now I have a like when I turned about 48, I was like couldn't focus was, um, just having a hard time, low energy and all that stuff. And I, you know, thought I started a morning routine based on a lot of stuff that I heard. And, and I thought, okay, I'm going to do the morning routine. I'm just going to try it for a month. Let's just see what happens. I'm going to exercise in some way for me, it's yoga. I love yoga. Um, or light weights and floor exercises and walking mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I was like, some way, somehow I'm going to move my body every day. Yes. No matter what. And I'm going to meditate every day, no matter what. And I and I realize now that even if it's a day where you're against it,
0: five minutes of meditation is better than nothing. Or and even just breathing, right? like just being still and just breathing deep yeah. inhales and exhales can just calm you to a point where you're like, okay, I'm ready. And what I've heard a lot of people say, oh yeah, I did meditation once and it didn't work. It's something you have to do. Mm -hmm. Put it on your schedule. You know, just like you put your doctor's appointments, your kid's appointments, you know, your dog's vet appointments, you know, put it on your calendar. It's on my calendar meditation. Yeah. You know, and I, and I do it. And sometimes I can't do 30 minutes. Maybe I can do 15. Maybe I can do 10. Maybe mm -hmm. I can do five and just breathe. When I first started, I would, do, I would get to work because I had to go to work early. I'd have 6 a.m. clients and I would be in my car and I would just I would meditate. I had this guided meditation and I would just do it right in my car. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
1: And, you know, the whole idea of like it's a practice. It's not like one and done. Right. It, right. And there's going to be day there's days that I sit down to to meditate
2: and and I You know, I'm passing judgment on how my meditation's going, right? Or it's like, well, today was a crappy meditation day. And, you know, one day I had an angry meditation day. I was sitting there meditating and I'm angry you know I'm like well wow but even so like i know that i took that
1: time for myself i i it's the commitment to doing it almost that is like okay so even a, it's like what is it a bad day fishing is still a good day with that, yes. that old
2: say right. right yes
0: yeah. yeah but i think also too that's like the more you do it the more your body says oh we're meditating and your body and your mind and your body start to relax yeah almost immediately where before yeah. it would take a little bit of time You know, before I got into it, now it's like I sit down. I even tell my husband. I close the door and I said I'm meditating. He's like, okay, and he'll leave me alone. Yeah. And I close the door. It's quiet. You know, and I meditate, and I always feel better. You know, some days are better than others, but you know, it's still giving your body that time to just be. Yeah. You don't have to think. You don't have to do. You're you're just there. Yeah. And it's a nice feeling. It's a really lifesaver for me, for sure. Oh, definitely.
1: How, how old were you when you started doing the regular um, practice of it?
0: I think I started doing it about maybe two, two and a half years ago. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's pretty, new, so for it's, it's pretty yeah. new for me, but yeah. it's, I realized that if I miss it and I try not to miss it, but you know, you still have those days. I know I've missed it. My body knows, mm-hmm. like, excuse me, you, you didn't meditate, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I, and I feel differently than when I do meditate and I just feel like, everything just fl- It's so weird. It's just weird. You yeah. know, you feel like things flow after you meditate. And then when you don't meditate, it's like you're piecemealing stuff together and it feels harder for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, at least yeah. to me. <laughs> and so you, you then
1: that kind of all ties into the beginning of your podcast too, right? We have
2: a very similar journey in this yeah, way. That's, that's funny. Yes, yeah. I've, I've become very,
0: more aware of my gut instinct, you know, and we, as women have it, we just, sometimes we just don't listen to it. Mm -hmm. And as I've gotten older, I realized that when something's right for me, it's an instant gut. Yes, go for it. When something doesn't feel right, my gut goes, nope, that's a hard no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nope. I don't want that. And it was just this this voice sync, do the podcast, do the podcast. You got to do the podcast. You know, <laughs> finally I just said, okay. And the hardest thing for me to do was that first episode where you press the the <laughs> you know that button to to put to put it out to everybody. And I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? Nobody will listen to it. Okay. Right, you know, right. But I'm having such a ball doing it. I'm having so much fun. Yeah. Doing it. So yeah, I think I found my my thing. Yeah. My other thing, <laughs>
2: your other thing it's so cool. I like
1: i just I just want people to just keep exploring whatever their thing is, you know, just um, I guess that's why I do this podcast is just to say, hey, if you're feeling like you're in Groundhog day, you know, and and that's ideal you know maybe maybe it's worse maybe it's like you're in you know you're in a ter- you're feeling awful like right it's right. you could be feeling just blah and meh mm-hmm. and as far as i'm concerned life is too darn short Still to works. be feeling meh or bad exactly. and yeah. the only reason we continue to allow ourselves to, to stay in a bad situation is just because of the unknown of, well, of stepping out of the frying pan and into the fire. Right. If right. things are going bad or the meh is really just comfortable.
0: Right. Right. And they're afraid Did you, to step were you out, uncomfortable stepping into doing podcasting. Was that, yeah, but it was exciting too. Right? You know, it yeah. was, I'm one of those people that, you know, I need a system. I need to know. So I, I took this course you know, and it took me step by step, everything I needed from the equipment to the platforms, all this other stuff. So when I got to that point, I felt like I was ready. Mm -hmm. Now, some people are the, they don't know if they can swim, but they're going to learn as they jump into the deep end. That's not me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get in the kiddie pool and walk to each part of the pool. And so I'm like, okay, let me see if I'm ready for this. Uh And so when I pushed that button, I felt good. I felt ready. And I just felt as though this, you know, I thought, okay, you know, and then they started talking about the pod fade, you know, if you've gone seven episodes and then, you know, and I thought, you know, and I was always, I think at that time, when I heard about that, I was always like 14 or 15 episodes in, I'm like, well, I guess I'm good. You know, I'm way past that, but I keep, you know, telling myself, you know, there are times when you're like, "Oh, I have to do an interview," and then after the interview, interview, you feel so alive. You know, that person had just, you're like, "Oh my god, I love podcasting," <laughs> and it just reaffirms it all over again. You know, yeah. So it's it's just been a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. that is awesome. Oh my gosh,
1: yes, I'm I'm, I'm with you. And the, the pod fade did not hit me for a long time. I mean. I think if anything, it, as I've, as I've come upon, um, the year marker, that's been kind of like, Ooh, this is, it really is a marathon to produce, to produce a podcast there, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Right. It's not just hitting the record
0: button it's a and then posting
2: something. It's like, it's, the, it's all the moving pieces and making yeah. sure you got show notes and all the
0: things, you know, yeah, it's, you know, it's funny when I hear people talk and they're like, oh, the analytics and the, this and the, that. And I'm like, okay, I'm not looking at, and I really, I rarely look at my numbers on my downloads. Okay. Mm-hmm. Every now and then I'll look and I'll go, oh crap, look at that. You know, nice. and then I leave it alone because uh-huh. I don't want to get into that, you know, um, habit of, you know, measuring myself at mm-hmm. of each episode, you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I, I was looking at Facebook and someone had put on there that they did their first episode and said, I got a thousand downloads. And I thought that's really great, but that's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if it, if it drops below a thousand on your second one, now you feel the pressure to get it back up. So I started very, very small and the instructor I had on my course said, he goes, look, as long as if it's one person, you know, that downloaded that episode, you're up above what you were before. He goes, it's a gradual climb. As long as you're making the climb up, feel like you're, you're, you're doing it. You're yeah. taking care of it. Yeah.
1: Who, what, what do you mind if I ask what course you took?
0: You seem like you. Um, it was by it. Pat Flynn. Oh, it, yeah. Um, yeah. He's great. He's I can't great. remember. Yeah. But he I mean, he takes you from A to Z all the way yeah. through. Yeah. And he's I tremendous just felt and very prepared. I
1: I did not take a course. I also had to learn all the all the things, right? Um I ended up doing it the 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 stupid hard way and and <laughs> just googling and finding YouTube videos. But yeah. Pat Flynn's videos were just his free content. Was oh, yes. very helpful. Um, I learned so much from from him. And uh, so, if anybody's, what 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 is it? He's got a few podcasts. So now I'm having trouble remembering, but I'll try to put it in the show mm-hmm. notes if anybody is interested in, um, producing a podcast or having a small business. Mm-hmm. You know, having a business and and learning how to promote it. I mean, he's just so generous.
0: He is, and I can't tell you that if you if you take any of his courses um, that he has, what's called office hours Mm -hmm. that he holds every week from like two 30 Eastern time to four 30. And you can ask him any question, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to do this. What do you think of this? You know, and he'll, and, and I mean, I think that's very generous of him. Yeah. You know, so thank you, Pat Flynn, just saying, yeah,
1: (laughs) absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll definitely put that in the show notes for anybody who has any interest in producing a podcast what, what have you learned about yourself? Like, do you think that um, if this technology had been available to us back in the day when, when we were younger women, um, is this something that you would have done? Do you think, is this something that at this stage of your life, it happens to be a really good match for who you are and where you are in your life. And it, you know, here it is. It's a, a, The nice thing about podcasting is the low barrier to entry. It, yes. You know, once you get all the tech blah, blah, figured out. There's no gatekeepers keeping you from producing a podcast and putting it out in the world and trying to promote it yourself and do that. You, that's what Mm -hmm. I love about this is you, it's a very DIY, like just do it. If you're interested at all in something, there's a, yes, there's a bajillion podcasts out there. They might be doing the same thing you're doing, but if you have, if you have a passion to do it, then just, it's available to you. Do it. Just do it. Right. What do you think? think, Do you think it would have matched up with your younger self?
0: No, no, no. I don't think so. I think timing has always been a big deal for me. And what I mean by that is things happen in your life at a certain time and you don't realize it at the moment, but you look back and you go, whoa, if I had just gone the other way with that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there's always this timing thing. And what's funny is my husband has always said, you know, he goes, he goes, you have such a great voice. He goes, you would have, you would be great on radio. And I was like, eh, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And I went, I remember when I did my first podcast, you know, your introduction and he listened to it and he goes, it's great. He goes, I told you, you had a great voice. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that podcasting happened for me exactly when it was supposed to happen, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, it's just like when my husband, and I, you know, we we talk about, Oh, why didn't I meet you back You know, back when, you know, and and I said, we weren't ready for each other then,
2: Mm -hmm. you
0: know, we met at the exact point in time when we were supposed to to meet. So it podcasting happened at the exact point in in my life that I needed it to happen. And so I I could change, change my life. I think podcasting has changed my life. I really do. Yeah. And do you think that,
1: um, the skills that you have, you know, learned your whole life, like being in the military. I mean, clearly that affected your topic, right. That gave you the whole background for that. But in the, in the sense of um, the actual doing of a podcast, regardless of subject, do you feel like your background with the exercise with, or with the military or any of it, does it, does it, it, do those things apply in, in helping you get this thing done?
0: Absolutely. You know, in, in the military, you're given systems. You do this, then you do this. It's a system, right? I'm a systems girl. You show me the steps, I can follow the steps and get it done. So all of it from the military to, you know, teaching aerobics, learning Pilates, they were all systems. And this is a system too you learn how to do it and then you do it. So I think I, it was set up for me that way, you know, that, you know, if they said, no, just, just go do it. I would be like, yeah, no, never mind. <laughs> but if there's a system and it shows me how to do it, it was perfect. There you it go. And so,
1: and so taking the class with Pat Flynn was the perfect way for him to show you a system to step into. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: It, yeah. it, it was perfect for me.
1: And do you, do you feel like, um, that there's anything else. Oh, I had a, I had a, a a direction. I was going to go with this question now it's poof. It's gone out of my head. (laughs) I hate when that happens. I hate when that happens. Um, (laughs) it'll come back. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, where was I going with it? I guess I was just wondering how, mm, yeah, it's gone. So I'm going to, so I'm going to ask you another question that I have, which is what have you learned about yourself in doing the podcast?
0: Oh, good question. What have I learned about myself? That if I put my mind to something, I can do it. And I know that sounds weird. Okay. So like a lot of people, it's like, oh, you went in the military, you did this, you did this, but you don't know when it's on purpose, you know, purposefully doing something, you know, that this proved to me that, you know, I can do this. And podcasting has has taught me, you know, that I can be a business person, you know, cause sometimes you think, yeah, I can do this. And then it gets hard and you're like, oh, yeah, "Never mind," you know, but through podcasting, you know, cause my husband said, he goes, I'm so proud of what you've done. And I didn't really think it was that big of a deal because it was something that was, I was passionate about. And I find when I am passionate about something, it doesn't feel like it's a job or it's work. It's something that I want to do. Mm -hmm. And being passionate about women veterans and and about being a veteran in, you know, is something that I'm passionate about. And so I've learned that if if I'm passionate about something, I will carry it through to the end. I don't care how long it takes. Yeah. So, you know, I may never get paid for my podcast and that's okay, but I'll do it anyway because that's how passionate I am. Yeah. You know, however, some organization would like to give you. My- <laughs> <laughs> Hold Just on here. Saying. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> we could <can>
2: talk later.
1: <laughs> what, so, uh, so, I have another question um, on the flip side of that, which is Is there anything that you wish you had known when you were stepping into doing this?
0: No, I learned everything. Well, the park, I always tell people the podcasting part was easy. The business part of podcasting was, is what's hard. Yeah. You know, the social media, how to do it, when to do it, what to post, how to post, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, I've used my gut instinct for a lot of things, you know, they'll say, Oh, you know, post every day and post on different things and repurpose stuff, you know, to me, I will post something and, you know, it's when I feel like it's the right time to do it, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm not posting every day, but mm-hmm. I can tell you I'm posting about three to four times a week,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, yeah. because it feels like the right thing for me, just like my podcast is is twice a month because it feels right for me right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Eventually, maybe it'll go weekly. Maybe not. I feel like it's a good pace for me right now. Yeah. So, you know, when, when my gut says, you know what, let's go weekly. Okay, let's do it. Yeah see what happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I do love about podcasting that we have so much autonomy on how, you know, you can choose how long you want it to be, how often you want to do it. I mean, there's people who do podcasts every stinking day. I don't know how no, they do it. I don't know so how crazy. they're doing that, <laughs> you know, but, um, and I always feel like, oh, should I shorten the podcast? Cause it runs about an hour, you know, I'm like, is that too long for people? But, but, you know, try as I
2: might, I'm a, I'm a talker yeah. and I, you know, and the people I get right? on are talkers yeah. and, you there know, you go. before you, you know, knows, and people got- are very
0: <laughs> drawn to that, you know, and so people say, oh, you know, if your subject's great and your, and your guest is great, you know, and I said, yeah, but what about if people are just attracted to you as far as your voice? They like to hear, you know, my goofy laugh or they like to, you know, when I laugh at myself, cause I said something stupid, you know, right, right. <laughs> you know? you have an audience that, that likes what you do. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it's not so much about the guest or the subject. Sometimes it's just about you, you know, they're like, Oh, she's got another one. Let me hear what she said today.
1: Although I have to tell you, the subject is the only thing that keeps me going because like, I, I, I think very much like you, I'm, I'm feel mission bound, um, with my topic. In fact, if you had, like I'm starting to do public speaking, and if if you if you told me two years ago that that would be something I'd consider, I would have laughed you under the table. But this, I'm I'm discovering how how I feel like we really need to look at aging in a different way, in an essentially different way than yes. we have over so many years. That you know, okay, yeah, I'm. 50, I'm going to be 53 next week. You're in your lower sixties, but we still have so much stinking time ahead of us. Oh yeah. There's a lot to do. And, and, you know, for our past generations, yeah, they, they maybe stayed at the same job for forever. And, you know, and then the retirement was like, whew, retire. Yes. That was the big goal for everybody. Right. For so long, but people were not living as long. And, it's just, man, if I can stay healthy, I just want
0: to keep going
1: for as long yeah, as just I can.
0: Absolutely. You know, I, I think that in the United States, we still have an issue with aging, you know, uh-huh. from, you know, finding a job as someone, I mean, I'm, if I'm trying to find a job at 64. I, I'm not sure I'd be able to, to find a job because people look at that now I've felt I felt unemployable
1: since about the time I was 40 to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious because yeah. um when I so and it goes back to because I was a, an actress um I have a theater degree first of all. <laughs> How useful is that? <laughs> um <laughs> you know um secondly every all the job skills that I picked up were just from survival jobs, but that's how I picked up administrative skills and working in an office and all that stuff. But it was never work I was passionate about. Right. I didn't have any deep industry experience doing anything with any kind of leadership function. Um, but to do a regular admin job bores the the bejesus out of me. I can do Course, customer yeah. service, but uh, it's never going to pay me what. I want to earn, and I, I just saw in the the writing on the wall that there was nowhere for me to go. Mm-hmm. As far as like you said, you got out of the military, and you had years of experience doing this communications work, but no degree. And people can't see past that to say, "Let's let's clearly you have the skills." Let's let's move past this whole thing where we need something on paper that says you have a, a degree, right?
2: Um, Absolutely.
0: You know, I also feel as though that, and I'm going to take a, a step further in, you know, how our younger generations look at us, you mm-hmm. know, they're like, oh, you're old. What do you, mm-hmm. you know, what do you know? And I've seen other, um, you know, in other countries, how they revere their elders. And I'm just going to tell you this real short story. I was in Boston. I was living in Boston. And they have the Boston doesn't have, um, what do you call A a subway. They have what they call the T. Okay. Mm -hmm. Don't call the subway. They'll get mad at you. And, um, and it was very, very crowded, you know, and there was a gentleman sitting in the row. He was Asian. I don't know what part of Asia he was from an older Asian man got on he's he all he that doors open, he stepped up, the younger gentleman got up, helped him on and gave him a seat. And I was like, holy crap. That was Mm -hmm. amazing. I I mean, I remember that to the it made such an impression on me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, aging here in the United States, you know, if you're if you're over a certain age, you're like, yeah, okay, you're you're done. Bye. See ya. And that's the message too that the, you know, the, the the
1: story of aging is that it's, you know, slow down, you're done, back off, go sit in your rocking chair, go, (laughs) you know, go take your, go take your meds. Right. (laughs) Like that whole, okay, boomer thing. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm like, you know what? I, the thing is, is, as you know, and of course, when I was young, I was looking at people that were 40 thinking they were ancient,
2: (laughs) right? (laughs) Like they were only 40 probably. (laughs) Yeah. Um.
1: But I would just, I feel like we don't, we weren't, we never visualized this middle part of life. Like the, you know, there, there's no milestones for it. Right. There's, you know, when you're younger you have a series of milestones that are societally you know set up for to think about and aim for um and the midlife is like this it's the middle it's this mush right yeah. but what's beautiful in that is that there's all this opportunity for us to step into that middle and create something that yes it is we want You know, if we can get in touch with, with our core and our values and go, okay, what do I want from here? And then think about how that's going to affect the people coming up behind us and how they view what's going to be possible for them as they get older.
0: Absolutely. So I think we think of, of aging just differently, you know, um, when I was much younger, um, I I didn't want to get older. I had this, I thought that when you got into your thirties, that you were close to death, like you were going to die. <laughs> right. I seriously did. I thought I was going to die young. I was like, you know, and I remember playing, I was in Germany and I was playing on this basketball team and there was a, a woman and I was 20. No, I was like 19 at the time and she was in her thirties. And I looked at her and I was like, Oh my gosh, she's Awesome. You know, and that's when I started changing my mindset about stuff. Yeah. You know, when you
1: start to see what's possible in front of you, when you have role models, right. So Mm -hmm. that is, that's so important to me to think about providing role models, like find helping, you know, helping people see what you're
0: doing. And what you're, what you can, what you're capable of at that right. age, yeah. you know, now she wasn't old. She was in her thirties, but it sure. 1930 was, you know, and I thought, wow, she's still playing basketball. She's doing okay. I get it. You know? Yeah. And so I'm just going to keep it moving. You know, I, I feel like I I'm still like, I always tell people, I, I feel like I'm, Fifteen in my head, even though my age, you know. <laughs> but I, I think that's what helps keep me young. Is is I'm like, wow, that's cool. Let's go do that, you know. Yeah. Not oh, my arthritis, this that, you know, blah blah blah. I want to be able to just say, let's go do this. Let's do it. Yeah. You know. And, and if I ever do have grandkids, I want to be. I want to be able to get out there and and, and walk move around and roll with, with them. them yes. Right? yes yeah. 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 I totally agree with that. That's, you know, that, that's the ultimate there. You know, it's like, you get to play with your kids, but you also get to be there and play with your grandkids. And yeah. that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And not, and, and then too, I mean, one of my big, I, I, I did have a role model. My, my aunt Annie was, um, you know, she raised four boys. She started off as a nurse and um, I don't know how old she was when she did this, but she went back to school and she got her master's in computer science. And then she went back and she got her PhD in computer science. And then she ended up teaching and she's in her eighties now and she's still working and she is still rocking it. And I I just look at that and go, okay, that's, what's possible that, you know, is to just keep, keep exploring
0: and keep, she's still reinventing herself all the time. And you can, you know, you can, and that's what I love about is the, the possibility, what, what can happen, you know, yes, I've done a podcast. What's next, you know, do I want to do public speaking? I think that would be cool, you know, so I don't feel like anything's off the table. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of, do I want to do it? You know, so there's no, oh, I can't, I can, I may not want to, but that's okay. You know, so, you know, you, what's, what's freeing is the fact that you can pick and choose what you want to do and it's okay. You know, you don't have your friends going here. Oh, I don't know if you should do that. You know, you're just like, yeah, I'm doing this, you know, and being at a certain age, you're unapologetic, you know, before, you know, you'd buy something, you are like, oh, why'd you buy that? And Why'd you buy that color? And you felt like you have to explain, you know, now I'm like, well, why'd you start podcasting? Cause I wanted to, cause it was a passion for me. Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to explain yourself anymore. And I love that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Love it. Love it. (laughs) Thank you so
1: much. Oh my goodness. What are you excited about that's coming up and how can people find you?
0: Tell us a little bit about, you know, where we can go for more cat. Sure. So my podcast is, um, everywhere. You know, if you go to Apple or, or Google and, um, my website is, um, it's called podpage.com backslash sisters with a dash, then in and a dash and then service. So sisters in service. Um, if you type in Cat Corchado, I'm on Facebook, um, LinkedIn, you know, reach out to me. You know, I'm always looking for guests and, you know, just to, to reach out and, and say hi to people. And I'm always on clubhouse. Hello. <laughs> 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 you yep. may see me in a room. You'd be like, hey, I heard you on a podcast, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry, I'm just I having a good time. It. I forgot to
1: tell you, I, I, this was something I wanted to to bring up before we wrap up um, is how excited I am to have ha- a chance to talk to you, um, not having come from, I mean, my my dad served uh, after Korea but I I don't have a military family Mm -hmm. and I don't have a lot of connections to people in the military. And I am excited to listen to your podcast more to try to get an understanding of what that what that experience is, because do you happen to know off the top of your head? I'm going to put you on totally. I know you said math isn't even your thing. Do you have any idea? What are the percentages of people that who are like military
0: families versus not? Do you know? Well, I can tell you it's 1% of our population that actually serves 1%. I knew it was low. I had no idea it was that low. It's 1%. And more and more women are getting out of the military. And so, you know, you want their to be this kind of like a, you know, you you come out of school and you have somebody there to show you the ropes on how to do things. That's what I kind of want to do, is be this this you know um, beacon, so to speak, where people say, "Hey, how do I? Where do I go for this?" You know, and I don't know all the answers, I just don't, but I can find out for you. I know people who know what mm-hmm. the answers are, mm-hmm. and so to, be able to say, "Here, go here for this." you know, here's another resource here, here's another resource here. And, you know, there are a lot of men out there and a lot of men doing great things with organizations, but there's nothing like feeling comfortable enough to ask another woman who's been in the same situation, how do I do this? You know, and saying, I got you. Okay. Give me a second and I'll get back to you. And you get back to that person. They're like, Oh my God, this worked out. Thank you so much. You know, and you just, it just gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling, Yeah, you know, because you don't want any woman to get out of the military and feel like she's just dropped down that rabbit hole. That's an awful feeling. Yeah. It sucks. I don't want any woman to have to go through that.
1: Mm.
0: It's great work
1: you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking time to talk to me. I really,
2: really appreciate it
0: oh, This wasn't time, this was fun.
2: <laughs> Can we keep going? It like, was fun. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I looked up at the clock, I'm like, Holy
0: crap, how did all that time go by? That's not possible. Oh, <laughs> no, it's goodness. been fun. Thank you so much for having me. Totally my pleasure. Well, there you have
1: it. Isn't she amazing? Kat is just one of those people who is genuine and easy to talk to so much to learn from her also. She's someone who doesn't let herself be stopped by obstacles and she always finds a way to serve other people. Yeah. Be sure to check out her podcast, Sisters in Service. I'll have links where you can find more information in the show notes. Of course, you can just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 64. Hey, if you had an aha moment or just enjoyed the conversation, please take a moment to share the episode and or, you know, leave a review or a rating so other people can find their way here. That would be very helpful. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.